The ultimate reading today is found in Genesis 18, verses 1 through 5, a really easy text to find. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. Well, this morning the uh, uh, reading from the New Testament is from Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 13. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only on your own interests, but the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as of, the, of that Christ Jesus. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. For Anglophiles everywhere, it's been a big week. With the arrival of the newlyweds in North America, and now Los Angeles. How many of you are tracking that? Two of you, come on. Sometimes I think I am pastoring the most dishonest congregation in the world. Wow. Okay. Um, In the British Empire, there is royalty and there is the commoner. And there's this sort of notion of distance, if you will, and reality of distance. And as classes have developed in different places in the world, there's a sense of separation of even person which Christianity would abolish. Remember our text, there is neither in Christ, there is neither male nor female, slave nor free, etc. So those kinds of distinctions aren't particularly helpful. But we have a sort of sense based on class that common is a bad word. 
that somehow ordinary is a bad word. And yet I want to suggest to you that neither are true. The ordinary, that is to say, the routine or the law of the daily, that which governs what we do as a matter of course and habit, is not bad. That which we call common might also be better translated every day is not bad. And there's a sense in which this word is really helpful and really wonderful and really good. Because the root word of common uh, is the same as what we say for uh, a form that's relatively new in the English language, commonality. Communal. Community. And it's what we celebrate at a time like this when we think about the Lord's Feast. The symbolic gesture. As we might have picked up from our Genesis 18 text, the practice of washing feet goes back a long, long, long time. Abraham is entertaining three angels and as a course of hospitality for these weary travelers and as a course of sanitation for these weary travelers, he invites them into his tent, but before they will walk on the beautiful carpets of the Bedouin style and the textiles and the things that protect those people of the desert from the elements, he will wash their feet or have a servant do so. Then they will come into the tent then they will enjoy the hospitality of the meal prepared and offered. This tradition that goes back to Abrahamic times and probably well before carries over in multiple stories and brings us to the time of Passover when a person would have had a bath, perhaps expecting to share the Passover with a relative or friend at another house, most likely a relative, And even the journey across the city would leave one dirty from the ankles down as a course again of sanitation and a course of good hygiene and manners and to reduce the smells that come from the streets as a way of preserving appetite for all. Feet would be washed again by a servant. Only at Passover feast there's no servant And Jesus removes his outer garments and plays that role. It's a bit anachronistic today to wash feet. Our roads are clean. We don't use animals for transportation any longer. We have good shoes that cover. Ointments for whatever uh, funguses and other ailments might creep into that. So it's lost some of its punch, if you will. But it's a symbolic gesture that says, in the tradition of Christ I will serve my community. That is something that I will hold in common. When we get to our New Testament text in Philippians 2, we read of that common spirit 
that is shared. And out of that spirit, a life that is lived in community that is both moral in character and productive spiritually is outlined. And this is what we would aim for ourselves, is it not? The kind of freedom that comes in Christ, the kind of community in which we find safety and acceptance, generosity and hope, grace and peace, the kinds of things against which there are no laws, the kind of community in which we don't seek only to be served, but in which we serve. And the commonality that we have in Christ and his sacrifice and his gift for each of us, knowingly or unknowingly, accepting it or not, are recipients of magnificent grace. And this magnificent grace comes to us encapsulated in a symbolic meal a meal of deliverance pointing back to ancient times and a meal of deliverance pointing to eschatological realities to come. A meal that celebrates the heaven that is in the moment because we are in Christ. And the meal that celebrates the heaven to come for we will sit together and eat of the tree of life. And so today... In this time, I welcome you to the table. As Psalm 122, our reading said, our feet have landed in his sanctuary. These feet now washed and clean, having made the small journey. And we are here ready for the feast And so I'm going to invite, as I take my seat, you to remain seated as the elders and I will kneel, and we're going to share prayers for the elements today. Our bread, symbolic of the body of the broken body of Christ. Our juice, symbolic of the blood spilled. Both symbolic of the grace again that has come to us all. As gifts of grace, we give you thanks and praise. And we ask that out of this thing we share in common, community will arise. A community that speaks to the power and majesty, wonder and truth, love and and grace of our wonderful God. Thank you for each person here today, and may your blessing rest on us all. Because you love us. Amen.